Welcome to the St. Richard's Episcopal Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Rev. Cameron Nations. For more information, please visit strichards.org. So thank God I am not like other people has to be one of the top five most relatable lines in all of Scripture, right? I don't know. I, I love that parable and its challenge that we heard from, from Luke, but... Today, I am having to resist the temptation to preach on it, and instead, I want to preach about our reading from Joel, the reading that seemed to have skittered away. It was hard to find. (laughs) But I want to preach about that reading, because if you were here last week, I did give you a little bit of warning that this Sunday is the launch of our 2023 stewardship campaign, okay? And there are more people here this week than last week, so that's why you should come to church every week. I would have given you a heads up, okay? Um, But no, I I want to talk about our stewardship campaign for this next year, and uh, and to do that, I want to talk specifically about this reading from Joel. Because of course, this reading from Joel uh, has lots of effusive language of praise for God and God's presence with his people, right? Um, And so I want to ask you, do you know how the book of Joel begins? Does anybody know? Bet you can't really guess unless you've just done a lot of reading of the Old Testament. Um, so Joel begins with a plague of locusts. Okay, that's how Joel begins. Um, it begins with this giant plague of locusts that has uh, devastated Israel's crops. It's led to famine. Uh, for years, it's destabilized their food source, and it's just caused all of this distress. Okay, um, and that's where Joel begins. It leaves their land barren. And so how do we get from that place to the place that we get to today of, you know, God's mercy and his compassion and his provision for his people? How do we go from locust plague to this place? Okay, that's what I want to preach about today. So after Joel begins, this is a short book, actually. You can read it, really, just in in one sitting. And I encourage you to do it because it's, um, it's a really wonderful book that we don't really get in the lectionary very often, except for a couple of key places, which I'll mention in a minute. But after Joel begins with this plague of locusts that is seen as this kind of judgment on Israel, um, Joel does what every prophet does, right, which is call Israel to repentance. And remember that repentance just means to turn back towards God, right? So Joel is just saying, look, we've had all of this devastating thing happen. What we need to do is keep our eyes in the right place, focus back on God's presence and provision with us. But then Joel does something interesting because Joel talks about another disaster, but this one hasn't happened yet. So the plague has happened, and he talks about another disaster that is impending, that is yet to come. Um, And in doing so, he uses this really vivid, apocalyptic language, this sort of cosmic language. Um, And again, he calls on the people of God to repent, to turn their focus back towards God. And it strikes me that in this in-between place, in between one crisis that has happened and one crisis that is sure to happen, is the place in which we all live all of the time, right? If we're honest, that's kind of how life is going. We're either in crisis or, sadly, we're probably about to be in one, okay? And we're caught in between. Now, okay, you're like, wow, that's a really uplifting thing today, preacher. (laughs) But stay with me, okay, stay with me. 
Now, as we're, as we're in the midst of this, there are a number of famous passages here um, in Joel that even though, again, we don't read from it often, uh, we do read from it regularly. And what I mean by that is, uh, if you've been Episcopalian for a long time, uh, there's a passage in Joel that we read every single Ash Wednesday um, that talks about rending your hearts and not your garments. Do you all remember this passage that sound familiar? Um, that comes from Joel. Another uh, famous place where Joel appears, and we hear it every single year, is from the book of Acts, actually, um, quoted by Peter. In Acts chapter 2, uh, in the, on the day of Pentecost, you know, okay, the Holy Spirit descends like tongues of fire, Peter preaches a sermon, and in that sermon he quotes from Joel uh, about the Holy Spirit being poured out on all people, and uh, et cetera, et cetera, okay? So even though we don't read from Joel often, we read from Joel regularly because Joel appears every year. Okay, okay so that's, that's a little bit about Joel. Now, Joel reminds the people of God and therefore us this morning that we need to turn our attention back towards God. Uh, that's always the right response to anything because God is always, always gracious and compassionate. God is always slow to anger and full of love and mercy, right? And that actually God's mercy is the most powerful force in the universe, even more powerful than a plague of locusts, okay? And that's when we see the turn that gets us from the impending crises to the reading we have today. Judgment giving way to salvation and hope and praise. In today's reading, we hear that the land will be restored, that God's presence has been and will be with his people. It says, O children of Zion, be glad and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given the early rain for your vindication. He's poured down for you abundant rain, the early and the later rain, just as before. The threshing floor shall be full of grain. The vats shall overflow with wine and oil. Just all of this abundance I will repay you, it says, for the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the hopper, the destroyer, the cutter, the great army which I sent against you. You shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God who has dwelt wondrously with you. And then he goes on to, to that passage that Peter quotes, that, uh, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. Even the slaves in those days I will pour out my spirit, he says. You see, in Joel's words, in the midst of one crisis that has happened and one crisis that is surely yet to come, they aren't just empty comfort for God's people, and they're not just empty comfort for us. We know, and they knew, that God will bring restoration because God had done it before. They knew that God would bring restoration because that's the very business in which God traffics, right? That's God's business, is restoring, bringing hope and wholeness in the midst of one crisis to probably another one over here, right? I don't mean y'all are a crisis choir, I'm very sorry. <laughs> Not physically a crisis over here, Y'all sounded wonderful today. Um, uh, but yes, so Joel's, Joel's words are not just empty comfort. God's spirit is and will be poured out upon all flesh. We will dream big dreams again. 
And we even see some of this echoed in our psalm, too, um, in these themes of, um, of God's provision and glory in the midst of his creation. Talking about how God prepares the grain and provides for the earth, drenches the furrows and smooths out the ridges with heavy rains to soften the ground and increase that blesses us. I love the little kind of blessing that ends today's psalm. May the fields of the wilderness be rich for grazing and the hills be clothed with joy. I don't know what a hill clothed with joy looks like, but I can picture it though. You know what I mean? Like, may the meadows cover themselves with flocks, the valleys cloak themselves with grain and let them shout for joy and sing. The whole creation crying out in praise for God's gift. Because that is what it is, right? All creation is gift. Every moment we have is gift. Now, one of the reasons that I wanted to preach on Joel as a means by entering into a discussion of our um, stewardship campaign for the next year is that it really occurred to me that though not a plague of locusts, I mean, we did have some cicadas this year, but that's a little bit different, okay? Um, Though not a plague of locusts, I mean, all of us have come through a season of pestilence, right? That's, that's our place. That's where we've been. And kind of like the people of God, even though the plague of locusts was gone, it didn't mean locusts just left, right? My guess is there were still some crickets hopping around. Just like even though the worst of COVID is behind us, we're still living with it. It's still a part of our lives now. I almost, I, I don't ever know what to say when it's like, you're tempted to say post-COVID. Well, we're not in post-COVID. What does that even mean, right? But we know we're not in the place where we were, even though we don't know the place where we're going in some ways, right? We just know we're not where we used to be. And so I found myself really relating with the people of God in the book of Joel, being, having emerged in some way out of one crisis, but surely, although I hope it's not nearly as severe, we have to be headed into something else. You know, we're always in this in-between. These last couple of years really have been ones of great disruption in our life, and it always comes up in our stewardship campaigns, or has, because I started in September of 2020, which was definitely in the plague of locusts, okay, for us. And so stewardship has been a time both of reflection on the previous year, but also a time to look ahead at the next one and to say, okay, where has God been faithful here, and where is the Holy Spirit calling us here? See, now you're where the Holy Spirit's calling us, choir, so there, there you go. One crisis to another crisis. <laughs> anyway, um, and, so, uh, and so that's sort of where I feel like we are, right? Um, and certainly uh, in 2020 and in parts of 2021, we faced a time of deep uncertainty. We didn't know how we would adapt or how we'd meet the needs of our people while still striving to keep folks safe. Right? There were rarely clear answers to those questions. If you were in parish leadership, man, did you know Right, well, we had to put together those endless worship plans and get them approved by the diocese before we could do anything? I mean, it was just, it just felt like at times there were no good decisions to be made. Right, Everything came at a cost. And yet, and yet, in the midst of all of that, God was and is faithful. And so today, we are dreaming dreams and seeing visions again of our future plans and hopes and aspirations for our church. Last year, actually, this was kind of the theme of our stewardship campaign, right? It was focused on that faithfulness, pulling from the great old hymn from my Baptist roots, Great is Thy Faithfulness, 
We had to pull that one. It was not in the Episcopal hymnal. That was very sad. We had to pull it out um, and, and insert it into the bulletin. Uh, but we did anyway to sing it on the first day of the, of the launch of the campaign last year. But our campaign for 2022 was all about how in the midst of our trouble, God remained faithful. And it wasn't only God's faithfulness that we were celebrating, but it was also God's faithfulness that was shown forth in each and every one of you, which was immense, was immense. Because that has proven to be so true, how faithful each and every one of you were. This year has actually exceeded all of our expectations. I mean, headed into this year, we had budgeted a deficit, knowing that we needed to make some important investments in our ministry to keep things moving, and we proceeded in faith, hoping that that would be okay. <laughs> then, uh, in the middle of the spring, we realized that a lot of our fixed costs had gone up, some pretty substantially, like our cleaning costs more than doubled. As you all know, your utilities have gone up. We're all feeling that, right? And so then we started to have a little heartburn, like, man, this is even more than we had thought. And yet, not only are we projected not to end this year in a deficit, we're projected actually to break even. And that is because of each and every one of your faithfulness in the midst of this year. So that even though costs have gone up, giving has risen to meet it. And I am so, so grateful for that. So y'all have shown up in a huge way in 2022, and I cannot convey my thanks enough. And so, because of that, this has allowed us to make some really important investments in our staff this past year. It's helped us to continue to expand our programs to steady the ship again a bit after all of the weirdness of 2020 and early 2021. It's allowed us to bring back all of our core ministries. Um, and that's just part of it, right? Internally, we've been making significant strides in developing and implementing plans um, that have streamlined and upgraded our communications and I know, again, it's not the most exciting thing, but the church management software that we talked about, switching from our old thing to this new thing called Realm, um, that actually not only has worked better and made things easier, but it also costs us half the money that our old system used to cost. And that's allowed us, those cost savings have allowed us to continue to do more um, and, and to really invest in areas we'd like to. I'd rather spend less money on church management software and more money on church. You know what I'm saying? Um, and so, uh, we're still in the midst of some of that work. Like one of the big uh, next steps that we're gonna take in 2023 is, uh, is a new website, which has been in the works this year, but will launch in the year ahead. And I'm really, really excited about that. But we've also uh, continued to do things like welcome new members, new people into our community during this time. We've baptized babies and adults alike. We've confirmed more Episcopalians. Our school is booming with a wait list. I know, unless you're here in the middle of the week, you may not see this, but our school is bursting at the seams. We have a wait list so long that today, if we opened it, it would add two extra classes worth of students, okay, right now. We've expanded our outreach partnerships this past year to include not only our usual partners like the Serving Center, but also um, really neat partnerships that are emerging with the Williamson County Juvenile Services, supporting families and striving for better outcomes and futures for children and youth in our community. But we aren't done. We aren't done. Because you're never done, right? God's work is never done. Um, and even though Timothy and Timothy, we hear about uh, Paul's, Paul's race being over, um, 
someone else picks up the baton and keeps running, right? And so we want to keep our momentum going in this year ahead. And so today, we do launch our 2023 campaign for our parish, which this year we are entitling Thanks and Praise. Thanks and Praise. It's inspired by the words of our Eucharistic prayer, and it's a reminder that all that we do, every single thing that we do in the life of our church, is in thanks to God for God's provision, presence, and love, right? All of it is gift, every single bit of it. We give thanks that in the midst of plague, pestilence, and challenge, God was and is with us, pouring out his Holy Spirit upon us. Because, of course, we know that stewardship is not just financial. We talk about this every year, but it is really, really important. Stewardship is not just about what we do with our money. As Christians, we know that stewardship is what we do with all that God has given us. And that includes our time, that includes our talents, the things that we are good at, those things that God has imprinted upon you that no one else can do quite like you can. All of that is stewardship. All of those are ways that we give back to God the gifts that God has entrusted to us. And all of it is part of our worship. It's part of our worship, whether we do it on Sunday or not, which is why our theme is thanks and praise. From now until the end of November, we'll be focusing not only on our pledge campaign to raise our budget for next year, but also on all of the various ways that our financial stewardship enables the mission and ministry of this church to thrive. Uh, starting next week, there will be short testimonials at each of our services where a member of our community will share their own St. Richard's story. There will be information on our budget and goals uh, posted not only on our website, but also included in the pledge packets that if we have your address, you will receive. I said at the 8 o'clock, you know you're not in our system if you don't receive one, okay? <laughs> Those get sent out everywhere, um, and they'll be in really big envelopes this year, so you can't miss them. Um, but we're going to be including a lot of good information in those. We'll have pledge cards in the Narthex starting next week. Um, all of that will be going on. Um, and in fact, your pledge packets will be hitting the mail this week as well. Okay? So those will be going out really soon, so look out for those. Um, all in Thanksgiving for what God has done, bringing us out of one crisis, and I'm sure there's going to be something else down the road. But why we give God thanks and praise is because God is with us. God is working in and through us and always will be. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thank you for tuning in. For service times or more information on St. Richard's, please visit strichards.org.